Hello and welcome to the Ducks Never Waver Lunch Break, where you get food for thought and can rejuvenate to sally forth. She's Megan the sister. He's Edwin the brother. And today we are talking about... Summer Reading List, Part 2. Alright, next. Moving along. Should we do adventure? Let's do it. Adventure. Okay. So another author that I always, except when I don't, always read in the summer is Stephen Lawhead, who is a fantasy writer. And the one that I have for this year is his Robin Hood series. And the first book is Hood. Like so, gangsta? Like gangsta hood. No, Robin Hood. Okay. Robin of Loxley. Oh. So, uh, which is really cool. But all of his books I really enjoy. He d- sometimes does a blend. Well, uh, proportionally to, to the books I've read, he actually does a lot of blending the modern world with this other world, this ancient world. Like in um, his trilogy, The Song of Albion, it starts with the Paradise War. And it's, you know, about this man who's transported into this alternate universe that's both ancient and new and, yeah. So, he does a lot of times, and, like, the last one I read from was his Crusade one. So, it's about the Holy Grail, and this one was about the Broken Lance. I think that's what it was called, Broken Lance. I'll, I'll, um, I'll make a list on Instagram and Facebook of all these books that we're talking about. Yeah. So that you can can remember and, and find what we're talking about. But I think this one was called The Broken Lands. And what he did is that he mixed this, he, he mixed this, I want to say Masonic. Was it Mason, the Masons? Anyway, so he, he mixes what's actually going on in the Crusade with the secret society that comes out of it. Interesting. I can't remember what it's called. But it's like this because, yeah, it's like protecting the secret of the, like, Holy Grail and the, all of that. So he, he mixes this and you kind of go back and forth. It's like Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh, okay. Totally. totally. Yeah. That, there we go. So I'm very excited about Hood. And actually, I was thinking, getting ready for this podcast, how cool would it be if we read the whole series of Hood and then we also read Robin Hood? The original, The Adventures of Robin Hood. By Kipling? No, it's not No, Kipling. that's Pyle, isn't it? Yeah, it is Pyle. I'm just piling on here. Yeah. But there's like six movie versions that I can think of off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure many more books. And I think it would be so fun to kind of compile all like the Robin Hood mythology. And we that kind of compare a... and we kind of rank what it we think we is could, our best. We could talk about, you know, the, the robber who, who is noble. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. That's an interesting idea. It is. Like the, the man who's on the other side of the law, and yet he's the one who's noble. Like Zorro. Yes. Yeah. Zorro is just a Spanish Robin Hood. What do you mean just? Just. I'm belittling you, Zorro. No, I love Zorro. So I thought that would be fun. So I guess you okay. have to read this after I guess me. so. If it's good. I'm sure it will be, though, because I've read a bunch of Lawhead. One of my favorite things to do, actually, is Lawhead's another great one to find in used bookstores. Okay. So that's how I decide which Lawhead I'm going to read. It's like what's available. Because I was going to do the, um, he has this Arthur one as well. Okay. Uh, so I was going to read that one, but I couldn't find the first book and I found found this one. So went went with that. So why not? But if you want to read Lawhead, his, I think his most famous book 
series was the the Albion yeah, song trilogy. Yeah, Song of Albion trilogy. Song of, that's what it is, Song of Albion. But if you want just a standalone book, Byzantium is really, really good. Another writer, kind of like Louis L'Amour, who has books that just clip along. Yeah, they're definitely action-packed page turners. Mm-hmm. Really interesting characters. He is not someone to pull punches to his characters. Like he yeah. uses and abuses his characters. They go deep and they go dark. They they always have this interesting tie to religion. Uh, so yeah, Lawhead is definitely really worth checking out, and I'm excited to read this one. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Lawhead? Ooh. Uh, I think Byzantium. Yeah, right? Yeah. That one was so good. Yeah. Yeah. The monk loses his faith. How much How, how much better can he get? I know. And then he's like, <laughs> Byzantium is him bringing the Book of Kells to Byzantium. Yeah. And then just his life goes to crap. Yep. He ends, he <laughs> ends just, up, yeah. He started so well, and it just is a wild ride. Yes. Stay, stay through it all to the end, because it's so worth it. Yeah. My adventure book is a little bit different. This one also kind of fits into the this this one book has is is very episodic. So each chapter is its own story, and that is the Green Berets by uh, Robin Moore. This book was written at the time of the Vietnam War. This uh, a lot of uh, special forces guys cite this as one of the reasons of getting into special forces. Oh wow! Yeah. So it's very accurate. It it was he was a reporter who went through the training for the Green Berets. He got his wings by being a paratrooper, so he was with them while they were doing it. I suppose some people would say that he didn't say quite how dark war can be, but at the same time he is realistic. Mm-hmm. The problem is the Vietnam War is so divisive. Yeah, but whether also whether we that sh- one of the the one of the first. I don't know where I heard this, so don't quote me. This could be completely wrong. But they were able to film in color there, and they also filmed people dying and people in the blood and the gore and people screaming in pain. And that was the first time that they had done that. So those, I think people at home for the first time got to see what it was really like without being sheltered with propaganda movies because we lost it at home. Like, people just were not... And there's a lot going there's on. There's so much going on with Vietnam. It's such a sad story, what we did. All of what's going on with Vietnam. Yeah, it's... So but it... the thing is with the Green Berets, it doesn't even really touch on the politics. Okay. This is out in the field what the special forces had to do to overcome the obstacles placed before them. Mm-hmm. So there's some espionage, some clandestine operations. It's just... If you're a, a boy, it's a really cool book. <laughs> you're a boy of like 15, mm-hmm. you, you're gonna gonna love this you're gonna book. Get really into it. Yeah, it's it's that's what people don't like is it's a little gung ho. But the fact of the matter is, is if you're 15, 16, all the way through 25 year old boy, you're gonna like war to some degree. There's a part of you that typically is, is called to war mm-hmm. a little bit, but. So he does a really good job portraying that action packed, um, but also just tells you straight up what was happening over there. Wow. Yeah. So there was a movie made. Again, yes. has John Wayne in it. Yes. Uh, the Green Beret. 
I think it's a very fine film. I really love the film. But how would it compare to the book? Like, uh, in tone, in how, you know, much they follow the book. Like, does it have anything to do with the book? Um, so, they pluck a few things out from the book. They they kind of film it more like a World War II movie. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of like, like you were saying, be patriotic, we're behind the war, mm-hmm. this is what our boys are doing. Although that movie has a lot of heartbreak in it. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I, I don't feel like it's it's pulling punches in that respect. No, I don't I don't think so. I don't think it's... It doesn't cross the line of propaganda. I think the only thing is is, is the book is more graphic about what actually sure. happens. Which, because of censors, there's only so much they could have done anyways. Yes. So, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. And also, the book is just far-ranging in its stories. And they, yeah, they just they, can fit more in. Like, you yeah. have a two-hour movie, two-and-a-half-hour movie. You have yeah. a... 300 page book yeah yeah 330 page book yeah so i mean that makes sense yeah so i think i think it's a great read um definitely something that you can pick up read a story put back down for even a week if you wanted to whatever it took you to do to get through it and Mm -hmm. then you know yeah, you it's, can read a little a, snippets. Like yeah. If you're not able to read during the week and yet you, you know, weekend warrior at the, the beach, you know, Saturday beach yes. day, you can pick it up and... And it just, what's cool is that Vietnam was was really the beginning of our special forces. So this kind of gives you a little bit of a flavor of like what that early on looked like mm-hmm. operating within the, um, within the, the, the uh, population that yeah. was there working on having them fight their fight and just training them and uh, leading them. So it's a very interesting book. Sounds, Def- sounds Def- like it. Yeah. I'll loan it to you. Excellent. I love that idea. All right. Next is a summer must, in my opinion, is a mystery. Mm-hmm. Preferably a good murder mystery. Okay. So, I have a bunch of authors that I like for my murder mysteries. One of them is Ross McDonald. His character, oh, yeah. Lou Archer. They are gritty. They are... I don't, they're not quite as noir-esque as Chandler. Yeah. She gave me a feeling I could feel in my hip pocket. So, they're not as, like, darkly... I, I was thinking about it, like... Ross McDonald's setting is Los Angeles area. So yes. you do get the texture, but it's kind of like the gritty underworld mm-hmm. of Los Angeles. Whereas with, with Chandler's novels, they're also California, and yet it feels like you're in New York, and there's just fog everywhere. That's, that's just the, like when I read it. It's just like fog everywhere, just more <laughs> fog. Uh, whereas I don't get that as much with McDonald, but it's definitely the underworld. And what mcdonald really brings out is all uh, most of his are i think all of them are tied back to something that happened 30 40 50 years ago so it's like he's dealing with this family now but he has to go back and he has to pick away and chip away at all these layers so it's like how is it tied to the past yes so ross mcdonald excellent like we already said chandler yeah. Ross McDonald had like which one do you have here? I have here the Witterly Woman. Uh you can I'm not really sure which the first one is. Let me, let me find that one up. 
Yeah, I would highly recommend The Underground Man. Again, it's the same thing Megan's talking about. The 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 reason for the problems today are rooted in the past. And if you want to get philosophical about it, that's that's what he's driving home. Oh, absolutely. Is, is that there's no... The seeds of, of past failures always come to haunt you. And all, yes. the, all these people have past failures. Yeah. And a lot of his people he deals with, because he is a, a private eye, he, he deals with the rich. And you kind of see, like, the, the seedy, disgusting... Hidden you know, away hidden part. Hidden away, like, they, they, the rich have this facade. And it's him who has to, like, do the dirty work and, and dig it out. Yeah. Um, the first one is the moving target. Okay. So if you want to start there, but I didn't start there. I started there at instant enemy and that was one of his later ones. And that's, that's that, fine. That They're, was fine. I thought they don't tie in that much. No, they might mention like the book before it as like, I had just finished the blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. You know, I was feeling crappy and low and <laughs> I, I hopped in my convertible. No. Uh, so, so yeah, definitely. But so Chandler McDonald. Rex Stout is a great mystery uh, with Nero Wolf and Archie. Yes. One that I'm very excited to read, and I don't know if you've read any, but I'm very excited to read this year, John Le Carre, which is more spy, espionage, um, but it is mystery and intrigue. Yeah. So you might you might have seen some of John Le Carre's books on, on your uh, television, on the telly. Uh, there's the the miniseries The Night Manager and also a excellent film The Spy Who Came In From The Cold with Richard Burton in it. Um, but I haven't read any of his books yet. So I'm very excited about that one. Do you have any of like, do you have to read a murder mystery or like a spy or like a, I don't know, something like mystery-esque? So yes and, but no, I get to read it. I get. I like to or have to read it from the opposite side. I want. I want to read about the life of of the hapless criminal. That I'm speaking of the one and the only uh, Dortmunder novels. Oh yes. So Dortmunder is a character created by Donald Westlake, and Donald Westlake under um, the the pen name Dashiell Hammett, he wrote some very gritty, mm. very gritty novels. About a criminal. Uh, yeah, I can't remember his Bull name. Bull Drummond. No, that's a different one. No, oh. that's that's not that's not uh, that's not that what, person. That's not what's like. No, that's British actually. Oh, it has nothing to do with anything. Nope. Oh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> but if you want to read Bull Drum, uh, Bulldog Drummond, you can. That. <laughs> but we'll yeah, talk. Go ahead. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but the, back to Dort, the Dortmunder novels. This this uh, is the a thief who always either gets caught but more often than not even though his plans are brilliant and for the most part successful at the very last bit he just doesn't get the big haul because yeah. of a bit much yeah he's he's just the poor guy just has terrible luck <laughs> but it, it hilarity ensues as he gets his gang together they put on a caper they're kind of caper books so it's just oh, like yeah that's yeah, so yeah. you're kind of getting, you know, we're going to figure out how to get this diamond and then they're going to mm-hmm. go set up this con and then everything's going well and then just at the last little bit, it doesn't quite work out. So 
Yeah, they're they're real. I've read one of his, but I've also read from from Westlake, The Fugitive Pigeon. Okay. Which is a standalone book, and it is hilarious. Just again, kind of like Dortmunder, like they all have a plan, and yet, like by piece by piece, it just all falls apart. And yeah. like, what are you left with? They're just running for their lives, trying to make things work. So yeah, very very funny. Which is nice to read a funny book in the oh, summer. Yeah. I I love that. Funny books are are good. We we've had lots of books here tonight that had a, a touch of humor at least. Oh yeah. For sure. Maybe that ties into um, not the touch of humor, but the the CD underworld we were talking about. Ooh, yes. I would highly recommend the Bonfire of the Vanities by Tom Wolfe. And that's definitely on my list to read soon. It is phenomenal. It is set in the '80s, so if you want to know what the '80s were really about, I mean, for me, I'm a I'm a youngin, so I I didn't live through the '80s. But I, sometimes you get a feeling for a decade because you see like, oh, this was the fashion in the 80s. And you're like, oh, that must have been it. But he really gets into what were people thinking in the 80s. Um, aesthetically, how was that shown? So he paints a lot of pictures and he's really good at, at showing you what that world looked like. But it's it's about this man who is, you know, this basically this king, like this head of the world, Wall, Wall Street, he just thinks he is the ubermensch. Like, he is just... He's got it all. He's got it all. So, but then, through a series of events, he is... His world is shaken upside down. And it's... I don't know. I don't want to give too much away. You don't have to. But I would say it's it's a lot about guilt. And what guilt makes you do. And it, it ends... I thought this. The, I thought personally the ending was surprising, but I thought it was perfect how it ended. That's what we need is perfect endings. We do. We do need that. Speaking about well-written endings and well-written beginnings, maybe maybe we'll read the beginning paragraph of this book and just just tell me what it makes you feel, or not feel, but like what what it calls to mind and what you think you're in store for. The hammer banged revel on the rail outside camp headquarters at five o'clock as always. Time to get up. The ragged noise was muffled by ice two fingers thick on the windows and soon died away. Too cold for the warder to go on hammering. And that is from One Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich. I feel cold already. I do too, so I guess this is for a hot day when you need to cool down. Yes. If you want to live the miseries of someone in the gulag, pick up this book. I think this is one of the best books, maybe the best book, to pick up to get introduced to Russian literature. Absolutely. And it will hook you on Solzhenitsyn for so sure. quickly. Yeah. Really, there's there's not much more to say than go and read it because... I could tell you what it's all about, but it's not going to be as compelling as the actual book is mm-hmm. because I'll say it's, it's the life of a prisoner in the gulag and he suffers through one day, Yeah. right? That's the plot, Yeah. <laughs> but read the book. I know. I, I remember we read this in school before we've reread it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we just couldn't put it down. It was just like, read more, read more. 
Just keep yes. going. Just keep going. We have to know. And yeah, I would say set yourself a lot of time because you're going to want to just. You're going to want to read it. It's not a thick book, which Mm-mm. Russian literature sometimes tends to be verbose. 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 Thank yes. you. Um, Much verbiage. This is only 181 pages in my copy. Yeah. But I always find Solzhenitsyn a very pithy oh, author. Yeah. Like really clips along yeah. and, but so much in there. Like so much. He, he know he understands people. Yeah. So well, and he understands this because he lived through similar situations. Yes. So. And if you want to get, if that whets your appetite for more Russian literature and more reading about the Gulag and the Soviet Union, then go read uh, the Gulag Archipelago. I think it's fine to read the uh, abridged version that was approved by the author. Yeah, that's why it's there. Yeah. It's just I'm going to do it better and beat you. Okay. Cut this. <laughs> Maybe someday. I don't know. Miss haven't even read the first one. I know. Ooh. So so the Gulag Archipelago is originally a three-volume mm-hmm. set on, on that. A, a literary uh, exploration. Okay. Or a literary experiment. And it's basically a howling scream of outrage. Wow. Against what happened. Wow. So it it's amazing. Yeah. Sounds fascinating. So what did you bring to the table? Yeah. I I don't think you can have a, uh, you know, a summer reading list discussion without bringing up Faulkner. Because he's in the South. Southern. I think we needed one at least one Southern author mm-hmm. uh and so i chose faulkner and i chose this one in particular the reavers which if you haven't read any of william faulkner's books i i think this is a nice place to start actually the reavers yeah it's the best place to start in I, my yeah. in my opinion because it is such an easy story to fall into and it's it's nostalgic but in the good yes. good way nostalgic yeah it's you it always Actually, in a certain way, like even though it's about a boy and a man, I kind of felt like deja vu. Yeah, reading it in a very like a setting I've never been in, but it just felt very familial. Yes, it it it's it's all experiences we've had growing up. Yes, it's a coming of age story, but done expertly. This is this is no yearling. That you're, yeah. that you're dealing with. Uh, oh wow! They shoot the animal. Oh, cry, cry, cry. We we won't we won't talk about the yearling. It's fine. But the reavers, I think, also is a good way to understand Faulkner's sense of humor because it is a very funny book. Yeah. It's it's got some really laugh out loud situations, and yeah, it's laugh out loud characters. Yes. Like Boone. Yeah. Like you just you just love Boone. You just love him. Oh, so much. Yeah, like I said, it's a coming of age story. It's in the summer. It's about traveling. They go on, you know, this trip and the, you know, the trip is like kind of a vehicle for him to like growing up is kind of used and I think, you know, we're always traveling in the summertime going on trips. And just traveling through this life. Yeah. So I I loved the Reavers, and I would highly recommend it if someone hasn't read Faulkner, or if they haven't just read this one, I would I would definitely pick it up. Because of that, I I think I I'm due for reading another Faulkner. So I am I'm trying to decide whether I want to read As I Lay Dying or The Sound and the Fury. Maybe you should do like an Instagram poll. Yeah, 
That is actually a good which, idea. Which one? Which one? Yeah. We will do that. Okay. So you guys have to go follow us on Instagram. Stay tuned. Yeah, so you can decide my fate. Or I could just decide to do the opposite of what you guys say. So... She is ornery like I that. I am. I am. Maybe that's how I know which one I want to do. Isn't that like the thing where yeah. you flip a coin and then if you're disappointed, you go with the other one because you yeah. found out that you were disappointed. You found out your true gut feeling yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it actually works though. I don't think it does. <laughs> I think you'll just be like flipping the coin over and over again. Okay. Now we get to a uh, interesting section. And this is the book that I, I'm trying to think of something intelligent to say why I put it in the summer reading list. Besides that you were running late and had to grab some books. Yeah, but I, I have a whole room full of books. I could have grabbed true. so many books. That's true. And I chose this one. Why? I don't know. Well, I do know. And I'm, I'm going to try to explain okay. my gut feeling of why I picked this See book. See if you can do it. Okay. The book is called Metals and how to weld them. It, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Not all welders can read. <laughs> it is um, from the James F. Lincoln Foundation, and Lincoln is the guy who established Lincoln Welders, and he, uh, they still exist today. Very popular brand of welders. Now, why this book? It's kind of hard to defend, but there's a lot of people who don't really like reading stories. They actually don't like reading. And we're going to get into that a little bit. People will tell you they're, they're not a reader. Yeah, you can go ahead on that. Okay. So oftentimes I'll be talking to people. I'll say, oh, I like to read this. Do you like to read? I'll say, oh, I'm just not a reader. And I just I just feel like that's a little bit like saying, oh, I I'm just not somebody who likes to eat. Or who likes to sleep. Or even like, I'm not someone who likes to experience anything. It's just, it's a poor answer for something that people don't even realize is a poor answer. It, people miss out when they say that. It's very sad because they don't even know what they're missing. There is a whole world. We have just talked for about an hour about books. And each one was different. Each one contained its own world, its own instruction. Not that you read purely just for instruction, but it, a good book will give you life lessons through other characters. It will reveal something about human nature. It, it will do things for you, right? Yeah. Just not always apparent to you right away. No, it's, it's one of those things that it gives back the effort you put in. Right. That's why I picked this book is this is another book that will give back the effort you put into it. If you want to learn how to weld, all you have to do is have access to a welder and read this book and you will be able to weld. Wow. It, it, this book is even outdated. Okay. But guaranteed, if you read this book cover to cover, mm -hmm. you will know more about metal and welding than most welders. Really? Yeah, unless they went to college for it. Okay. Yeah, but but how much? So like, how much is this? I think it was like a twenty dollar book. So twenty dollar book, you can give yourself a full education, and I think that is the power of books. Is yes. That you can unlock like you you hold this key to unlock so much knowledge. I mean, yeah. there's countless stories. I I guess Abraham Lincoln, right? Like he taught himself all these law. things. Law. Law. 
by reading books. Just yeah. that. He didn't have formal schooling or anything like that, right? Yeah. And so reading will open so many opportunities and just give you a fuller life. Like it will just enrich in your life. Yeah. It makes your life better and easier. Yeah. But also more challenging. You're not as ignorant. Being, there, there are pros and cons to being ignorant. Yeah, like my favorite saying, the more you know, the less you know. Yes. So that's always defeating. I don't know. I, I like For me, the hardest thing about being a reader is that uh, sometimes I look at my, my bookshelf and I, I see all the books I haven't read yet. And I don't know. I don't know if you've ever had this. I think this might be more of a girl thing. But when you dig around in your closet and you find a top that you haven't worn for a while, you feel bad. You're like, I'm sorry, I've neglected you. I don't have that so much. As I do with books, that I'm that with doing all of this, I was like, "Oh, hello, old friend. I'm sorry, I haven't reread you. Oh, oh, my dear, I haven't read you yet. I do apologize. I I'm forgot so that appointment at lunchtime. <laughs> it's like I bought you with good intentions, and I haven't gotten to it. So I have more of that that guilt of of not reading stuff, and I I get envious when people are like, "I read this book. I'm like, I haven't yet." Wait for me. I think I think it's so important because we're surrounded by books right now, recording in our basement. Yeah. And it's just, that's all knowledge. It's like some of these books are a lifetime of work mm -hmm. for some people. Yeah. And it's extremely humbling. It I is. don't know it. Yeah. I, there's so much I don't know. Yeah. You know, it, it should humble you. Yeah. And, ex and excite you. And empower you. Yeah. Because if there's ever a time where like, I have a curiosity about this, I can go to the library. That's from Hermione. It is. Off like, to the library. When in doubt, go to the library. If you want to learn something, find a book on it. And with Amazon, and you can find used books online or used bookstores or just regular bookstores. Like it. It's so accessible uh, to you. You didn't even mention a library. Well, I did earlier. Oh, okay. <laughs> library, library, library. <laughs> that That's free, folks. <laughs> it is. Oh, I went to the library for the first time in a while. Yeah. And I felt like I was doing something illegal. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, obviously I checked it out. I had my little receipt, but I'm like, is this okay? I'm just going to walk out. All right. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> I have these books. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing happened. I'm like, okay, I didn't pay anything. I just swiped kind of a credit cardy looking thing. Yeah. So that felt legit. But other than that, it was it was pretty awesome. I yeah. gotta say, it's a fun experience. Why do you think kids love it so much? It is so fun. Yeah. Because you get to go and buy something without needing any money. Exactly. No allowance needed. Yep. Unless you're late. It's ten cents. <laughs> That's true. Don't be late. No, I was probably a dollar now if you're late. Ah, I know the movies were always a dollar. Oh. I always kill you on the movies. Books they don't really care about. You can renew oh. until doomsday. You can renew, but if you miss a renewal date, you then, then you've got to pay yeah, the man. Pay, pay the piper. Yeah. Talking about books that empower yeah. us. What's uh, your choice? Well, I don't know if this one's empowering. We just said all books are empowering. Well, okay. <laughs> Not as empowering as yours. Like, you your life skill that you can go out and, like... Make a living make off Make a of. living off of. Because this book is about dead words. <laughs> <laughs> it's dead. It's done. It's toast. And the quarterback is toast. If you get the reference and you can somehow message us, 
We'll we'll give you ten percent off. We will. Yes, if you can name that, email us. Yeah. Or use social media if you if you know what I did. Should we say or, it's an email, right? Well, ducks ducks never waver at gmail dot com. Yeah. Do it. All right. So I have Horologicon. Uh, the Horologicon. Watch your mouth. I know. Woo, scandalous. The Horologicon, a day's jaunt through the lost words of the English language by Mark Forsyth. And he has um, a previous book called The Etymologicon. So that's about tracing the, the history of words and how they've changed over, right. over time. This one is about... Um, the well, ones we've lost along the way. Yeah, and what's fun about about that is... It, I don't know. We can always bring back a, a word. Yeah. I don't know. I, if I think we decide to. If we decide to, I think that's that's an option. Which word would you bring back? I don't know. I haven't read it yet. Oh. <laughs> I don't know which ones have been lost to us that are so good. Uh, One I want to bring back is gruntled. See, I don't know if that was ever a thing, but gruntled? I think it should be. No, 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 no. So, like, I was using gruntled at first with, like, thinking it was opposite of disgruntled. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those weird things where dis just amplifies what, oh, gruntled. so you can be gruntled and then disgruntled is worse than gruntled. Yes. Oh, we it's should do It's a double that. negative in English. Oh, wow. Yeah. Although I do think it sounds cute to be happy. I yeah. I think a little pig being all gruntled. Yeah. I do think that's really adorable. So maybe we should make that a thing. But Next not... Instagram poll is gruntled negative or positive. Or positive. To me, it does sound positive. It does sound, yeah. But I do like the distinction of being gruntled and disgruntled. Yeah. You're like, young man, you are gruntled. Better watch your attitude before you pu- become disgruntled. Yeah. Like, I feel like that'd be a very good warning. Mm-hmm. See, you are on this level. Don't escalate. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else about Horologicon? Um, just that I love how he formats it. Cause like you said, it's a day's jaunt. So it's all these little threads, right? So it's whatever word he ends with in the chapter is where he starts in the next chapter. And so it's just like this endless trail and looping of following words. At least that's how the first one was. So I'm okay. sure this will be very similar. And so you start by waking up and the words surrounding that, and then you go throughout your day. Okay. So how fun. It is very fun. And that's, again, this is a really good one that you can just... Pick up, put down, pick up again at your leisure. Indeed. Our final entry. Yay! We made it. People people wondering if we would ever end. I'm actually curious if we would be able to read all the books that we said we were going to read. Because some of these we've already read, right? So those don't count. Yeah, that's true. So we're doing okay. But we we did talk about, like... A lot of other books were like, oh, yeah, we should read more by this author. And that's a lot of books, per se. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, I think our last one is going to be poetry. Because why not? We haven't done any poetry yet. Besides Freddy the Pig. Yeah, we started with poetry. We're ending with, with poetry. poetry. It's chiastic. It is. Yes. It's fantastic. Which means what was in the middle was the most important. But I think we just lost our train of thought there. Ooh, I wonder what was the middle. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the the most important thing is that we don't know what the most important thing is. Deep. Yes. We'll just pause for that. Or not. <laughs> what's what's your selection of poetry, man? Um, my selection of, of poetry is Hopkins. That I want to read more of um, Gerard Hopkins. And 
I don't really know very much about him, but I have this beautiful little book of his poems. And it's got a cute little bookmark in there, so that's a plus. And I, I really do like what he has, um, just his voice of poetry and what I've read of it so far. So I thought it would be, be good. I, I've been trying to get more and more into poetry and just designating more time to it. Because it's not really a, a muscle that I've grown. That I, I like it, but I don't really know what's going on. Yeah. No, you definitely need to read more poetry in or, order to appreciate poetry. So my selection uh, is Old Possum's book of Practical Cats by T.S. Eliot. I have a fun little story about this. Because I found this really nice edition, hardcover edition with beautiful illustrations in a used bookstore in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And the clerk, she just looked at me and was like, oh, you know, nice books and whatever. And I said, yeah, I'm really getting into T.S. Eliot. I guess I shouldn't have said that. Because, <laughs> no. because she said, well, you've read, like, The Wasteland and other such things, right? I was like, yeah, but I just think it's really cool that he wrote these poems about cats for his friends. And she was like, just gave me this scowl of derision. <laughs> I felt I felt so bad. Like, I'm not a true, noble T.S. Eliot scholar. Yeah, she's like, you know his other work is better, right? I. <laughs> <laughs> she put you so down. Yeah, I did. I felt hurt. I mean, that's college students for you, right? But, I mean, I'm just trying to buy a book about poems with cats i didn't think i was gonna be scorned like i mean elliot who wrote the wasteland still deemed it reasonable for him to spend his time writing these poems absolutely so and they're great poems they're fantastic they, i want to read a, one they made a musical out of it they did yeah cats that's based off of oh yeah see i mean they have just like Growl Tiger's Last Stand is a great one. That's a rather long one to read. But like the uh they're just all fantastic and they have so much fun. The naming of cats. That huh. one is so memorable. Yes. That one is, is really fun. So go go pick this one up. This is one you could read aloud to kids. Yeah. Or just read aloud to yourself. That's a great oh, thing yeah. to do with poetry. Is read it out loud because it's it's musical words. Oh yeah, just savor every syllable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I, I really liked about um, like Hopkins, um, his poem, God's Grandeur, where he has, you know, lines like, generations have trod, have trod, have trod, or seared with trade, bleared, smeared with toil. So it's just like these fun, like rich words and like how he pairs them together so that they have such emphasis. Yeah, and you and really music. only notice the music when you say it out loud. Yeah. Reading poetry silently is a little bit, um, yeah, lackluster. Yeah. Yeah, especially, like, I mean, sometimes you can hear it in your head, but... Yeah. If you're, I, if you're not getting it and you're like, what is this, you know, why am I reading this? Read it out loud. And yes. then you'll figure it out. Yeah. And that's why memorizing po poems can yes. be so powerful because you really get the rhythm ingrained yeah. in your mind. Yeah. Well, poetry is, is something so internal that the artist is able to make external. But I think for us to fully get the, the benefits out of it, you have to make it internal again by memorizing. Mm-hmm. 
Well, with that, I think we should end. Yeah, I think so. Well, we hope we have inspired you to pick up some books from your library or from your friend or from, I don't know, where do you get books? Where's your favorite place to get books? The internet uh, mongrel. Yes. Monger. Monger. Mongrel monger. (laughs) I mean, we're talking about Amazon. The difference is slight. Yes, exactly. But no, go grab some books. Go outside. You can just go on your deck. Oh, one and helpful tip is sunglasses can be helpful because yeah. if the sun is blaring off the page too brightly, it hurts your eyes. Or you could find a very cute hat. Yeah, but or like. Or you could be in a hammock under a tree. Yes. I think that is the best option. Hammock under a tree. Yeah, with books. <laughs> Maybe we should make that a book. Okay. <laughs> hammock under a tree with books. Oh, with that, we'll leave you. We hope you have enjoyed the Ducks Never Waver lunch break. If you would like to fill your senses with more Ducks Never Waver goodness, you can feast your eyeballs on Instagram and Facebook. Touch some of our beautiful pieces that we will ship right to your door by ordering them through Etsy. Or you can continue hearing us on this magnificent culmination of auditory recordation. Donation buckets are in the description for you to invest in the betterment of this podcast. We will work diligently to read and present interesting topics. Your hard-earned money will be joyously and gratefully spent to improve your lunch break. Want to keep your hard-earned money? And who doesn't? You can still support us and yourself by rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing this here podcast with all the other ducks in your life. Stay quacky. He has the Jeeves and Woosties, Wooster series. Not Woosty. <laughs> you can say it over again. I can say it over again. <laughs> and I will. Walter R. <laughs> Brooks. Say the name again. Pay the man. Who else do you pay? Pay the... Government. Sure. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, 